Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. And Greg Welcome to a much happier edition of Single High, the Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. We got white smoke billowing from the Goog and billowing from the Golden Dome. As we speak, Notre Dame football has a brand new head coach. We are much more excited than we were the last time we recorded a podcast to you guys when we were a little bit... Uh, a little bit somber, but hey, I'm your host, one of your hosts, Frank Fatovich, joined as always by the president of the Kyle Hamilton fan club, Mr. Greg Flamong. And we have a special guest tonight. We have our buddy Jeff from out in California, who is one of the original UHND.com forum posters who used to go under the handle Jack Daniels for a number of years until he wisely decided to give up internet message boards like everybody probably should, but most of us don't. And so we're excited to have him joining us as well tonight. So, fellas, how are we feeling? Uh, you know, 24 hours now since, you know, the news broke and uh, and we all had ourselves a night. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, should we say we're happy or we're just in alignment? I would say Ooh, alignment. I, I, I oh. think I think that we're just clearly just in alignment. All three of us, we're we're all aligned in what we were hoping to see, and then we got it. So I think we're all in alignment that Brian yeah. Kelly, you know, showed his true colors this week, <laughs> and I think I'm definitely in alignment on uh, on that. Now, what about you? What about you, Jeff? How are you feeling? I, I, I mean, I'm on I should tell the the text message group that I met referenced on the last podcast that I'm on. Um, that gets a little wild and crazy at times. Uh, <laughs> I probably have mentioned on some other podcasts as well. Is Jeff? Jeff? Jeff is on that, so I know that Jeff is excited. But Jeff, I'm gonna let you tell tell the folks how you're feeling. Feeling pretty good. You know, one of the things that I remember that I've actually um, hit on that text thread over the past year, but maybe even past two to three years, is how we're living in the um, the second best time for Notre Dame football in our lifetimes, right? I think most of us were uh, young kids or coming of age, you know, around the time that Holtz had them rolling in the late 80s and early 90s. And then it, it dropped off from there and we suffered for a long, long time. And and so, you know, those this past, you know, one to three years, I, I started to appreciate what Notre Dame football was doing and winning um, over the past couple of years and, and just trying to soak that in. 
but this is a whole different feeling. This, this energy that we are seeing, and I mean, speaking of alignment, and I love mm-hmm. all the the petty digs that everybody has given Brian Kelly, especially the alignment. And hey, uh, Tommy Reese saying, uh, you guys got any questions? <laughs> or uh, I won't I won't be taking any questions. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I I don't know that in my lifetime, um, at least as an adult, and to your point, Frank, that we have had this type of unity across the Notre Dame fan base. And it just, it seeing everybody, whether it's players, fans, uh, former alumni, football alumni, uh, talk, like go on Twitter and be pumped for this news. It gives me goosebumps. And I'm, I'm I, I texted you guys earlier this afternoon. This is going to be the longest off season ever. Just that it is. waiting for excitement in 2022. That it is, man. And you know, you mentioned like just this excitement and kind of unity that's going on, like with Notre Dame fans right now. One, it's just amazing in America, 2021, that we can have unity on anything anymore. But we're we're having it now with uh, you know with this search. And what's funny is you know in in texting with some other uh, you know some other folks who maybe are a little bit younger who don't remember the past coaching searches, um, this search is night and day different from any of the searches I remember. And the first one that I remember, um, you know, the first one I remember vividly was the O'Leary hiring because uh, I was in college for that. So I, re- I remember that hiring. And then obviously the Tyrone Willingham hiring, you know, shortly after O'Leary had to resign. Um, you know, really remember the, uh, you know, the search that led to Charlie Weiss. And then obviously, the, the you know, the, the Brian Kelly one. I have vague, vague recollections of the of the Bob Davy, you know, search, which really wasn't a search. That was just kind of like, hey, he's going to replace uh, he's going to replace Lou Holtz. But I mean, back then, back then, all I had was the print edition of Blue and Gold Illustrated that got delivered to my house to give me to give me Notre Dame football news, uh, you know, in 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 those days. But it's funny because our friend, uh, you know, Ashton, who works for uh, who works for On Three, I know she, she's on a, a message with the uh, message chain with Greg and I. And I remember, like, at one point, being like, "Oh, you're, you're a lot younger than us. You, you don't you don't really remember what these past ones were like." Cause she was like, "It's been 24 hours. Why don't we have a coach?" And I'm like, "Damn it! When it was Kelly, it took it, that thing lingered. Remember that? That was like that was like 10 days of just like terrible rumors." You know, there was Brett Bielema rumors. There was Randy Etzel rumors. And we were like, please, God, don't let this be what's 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 going to happen. Then there were the fake Bob Stoops rumors, you know, before, you know, before we had Bob or, um, before Kelly was hired. And it's like this search was so stress free and just like everybody was happy with it. Right. Because you go to the the Weiss one and you had the whole Urban Meyer turning us down when you had you know, the Notre Dame contingent on like on the news, the Notre Dame plane landing at the Salt Lake City airport coming out to go get their coach and they got turned down. And that was like just so if you for those you know fans who don't remember that, it was so deflating. It was just like, oh, my God, we have the perfect coach. And he just said no. And then it's like, well, now we now we got to Now we're back to the drawing board. And it's like I remember they were like Notre Dame has nothing. They have no other candidates because they were assured they, they thought it was Meyer. And, you know, this time around was the exact opposite. It was like from day one, it was like, it's got to be Freeman. It's got to be Freeman. The players start tweeting it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, 
48 hours went by and it's over. We got him, you know? And then it's like, oh, hey, now all the assistant coaches are like, we're here too. Uh, and it was just, it was so much fun. It was the most fun I think I've had on Twitter, maybe ever. It was, it was last night. Uh, last night was definitely one of the best Twitter days of like the last, you know, I don't know, since Twitter became like a thing, right? Like yeah. the Twitter audience stuff, like, like it was, it was that, and it was Clemson 2020, I feel like, you know, cause it was yeah. just, it, it, you know, everything was, everyone was kind of clued in, everyone was engaged. And I think in hindsight, it was a lot of fun, but at the same time, like it, I mean, it was not stress-free for me because <laughs> there was, there was so much, I felt like there was so much to lose. Um, and that made it different from like every other uh, coaching situation was that this was uh, like, we, we have never made a transition where the team was actually good and the program was actually good. Like the, good like this, there was actually a lot at stake in this because I have I felt the entire time that if it wasn't Freeman and it wasn't Reese and and I and I couldn't see a way where it would work without both of them. It it, it's like in my mind it was like it has to be both. Yeah. And and I was like if if we don't keep them, then it like we are going to lose the class. Yeah. The recruiting class will go away. I feel I feel like there will be a bunch of transfers out. I feel like the entire staff will basically dissolve. Yep. And I was like, the, the program that we have now will be gone. It'll go away. And for, for like the, the, the whiplash of that, where you play against Stanford and you, you crush them and you just look freaking like a machine. And then, and then two days later, you're on the verge of losing all of it. It was very disorienting. Yes. It was so strange, like BK just like his horrible speech to the team oh. and then his horrible speech to like LSU players. It was like, wh who is this person? I don't understand. And then the, the report comes out like he's after Reese and he's after Freeman. And it's just like, is this all going away? And then the news started to trickle in like Notre Dame is is they're they're gonna make a push for Freeman and, and then the Reese stuff and everything and then when it all finally came together in the perfect way right when, since when does anything work out just like you want it to and it was like the I mean it was just jubilation right like we had, we had beaten uh the number one team so it was it was so much fun just like like you DM me like where's Greg and I'm like I'm firing off these tweets man like where are you what are you doing like I'm firing tweets like I'm just I'm just sending them you know like I'm like I'm I'm like one of the 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 people in like a tank like just loading up the tank and just firing <laughs> firing firing them off you know because it's like I'm, this is what we're doing right now so yeah man it was it was awesome it was fun it was it was great. Yes. I got to I got to uh, mention this guys uh, really quick. So I get these alerts that come through and one just came through as you were talking and it's a Bleacher Report uh, headline that says seems like new LSU coach Brian Kelly developed an accent after moving to the oh. south. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting so he is get catching slander from every oh. like Feldman went in on him. So Bruce good. Feldman went in on him. So good. So, so if you haven't good. seen that folks uh, go go watch that video. Um 
You know, the what you guys were describing, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, two recent experience, or I mean, recent, like, I guess going back nine or 10 years, but experiences being a Notre Dame football fan under Brian Kelly. And that, that was both in season when we were undefeated, essentially, and then we went out and started winning these games, which we were underdogs in. So last year would be Clem- the Clemson game. All of a sudden we beat Clemson. And then it's that excitement and un- unexpected events happening. And then we go to the ACC championship game. But what, there was about a month between the two dates or maybe a month yeah. and a half between the two dates. And and so um, all, you, all that excitement and all that anticipation for a potential undefeated season is is happening over the course of five to six weeks and um back in 2012 we beat oklahoma and then yeah. we're our eyes are on usc and then the natty right and so yeah. that that anticipation and excitement was over the course of two and a half months or two and a half to three months because it, it brought us into january for the the bcs championship game all that excitement was just bottled up into hours yeah. I mean, we were talking five to six weeks or more of, of excitement and anticipation happened in hours. And it was just like absolutely, absolutely electric. Yeah, there's in and I'm going to I'm going to channel he who shall be uh, be uh, re- re- remain nameless and say in my 20 plus years of running UHND.com and being a blogger, I don't ever remember. There's never been. A, there's never been anything like this, at least for Notre Dame fans. I don't know. Maybe other fan bases have had like the, the you know, t- experiences like this. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is how Florida fans felt in 2000 and at the end of 2000 and whatever four, you know, when they got Urban Meyer and everything just fell perfectly into place, or how Ohio State fans fell when Urban Meyer fell into their uh, laps. Whenever was that eight, eight or nine, whatever year he. Whatever year he magically, uh, you know, felt better uh, from his, uh, you know, from his previous health, uh, health uh, issues that that seemingly went away and allowed him to go back to, you know, Ohio State. I don't know if that's how they felt, but that was, and that's why I said it was kind of stress free for me, is because like, I will say one, Greg, you know, and Jeff, you know too, like from the various messages that we <laughs> that we have, I was like, Monday night was a low. Monday night was like, first of all, and I told Jeff this earlier, like, this was supposed to be my week to like get, you know, kickstart a diet, get healthy, you know, be, you know, not drink, uh, you know, and, and, and whatnot. And it was like, Monday was like day one. And I was like, <laughs> like my wife was down here and I was like, I can't, I'm going to, I'm pouring a bourbon and I, I can't, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, and I was like trying to explain this, like, Cause she was like, she watches college football, but like obviously and, and knows it. And it's like, this seems like, why would he do that? Like, why would he go to LSU? And I was like, exactly. I'm like, this has never happened to me. I'm like, the only time I could f- tell you I felt comparable to the way I do right now from sports was when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl in 2004, when it looked like they actually had a chance to win it. Cause I didn't feel that way when we got boat raced by Alabama, cause I didn't think we were going to win. Uh, you know, or when we got boat raced by Clemson, eh, not boat raced by Clemson, but whatever, got beat by Clemson in the in, in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, but I was like, mm, going to have bourbon. And then Tuesday, it's like, mm, yeah, got to have bourbon again, because this is podcasting with Greg. Um, so it's been a week. Uh, but um, by like Tuesday, you know, I watched the the Swarbrick presser and, and we talked about this on the, the pod that we did Tuesday night. Like my initial reaction to the Swarbrick presser was like, 
what in the hell did you just say? Right. And then I was like, in the moment, I'm like, this is, this is bad. He has okay, no Jeff, clue. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, are you aware? And because you guys have a text chain, are you aware of the fact that, that Frank is a serial overreactor to press conferences? Yes. Well, I don't know about the press conferences, but uh, sports, he knows. I know, I know about serial press sports, sports for sure. Um, it, hold on. There's one thing that, <laughs> that, uh, so here, here's Swarbrick's ex- excuse, I think. And, oh no, and I was. That's where I was going. I was getting. There. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, ahead. Well, when so I remember when I first had our our first son back in 2016, um, I had some new parent leave that I was able to take, just uh, some bonding leave um, yeah. with a kid. And yeah. and when I went back to work, uh, my first several weeks of going back to work were it was absolute brain fog because of the lack of sleep that you get with, with a child. And so you're in these meetings and you're hearing yourself talk, but you're knowing you're, you're saying to yourself, I don't think I'm making sense right now. Right. I think Swarbrick had some elderly uh, or or aging brain frog (laughs) uh, due to the fact that he probably hadn't slept in 48 to 72 hours. I think that's, that's it was his, was the, the cause for his, uh, you know, press conference performance. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was getting there. I was like, so when I'm watching that and also Greg, Jeff and I have gone to, I've lost track 20 games together, at least over the last 20 years, Jeff, or 10, when 15, 16 years, at least 20 games. Right. So you see me and Jeff has seen me like Jeff saw me after the natty. Jeff saw me after the cotton bowl. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other, horrific losses you and I have witnessed together, but uh, he's Syracuse. seen Oh, <laughs> Jeff saw me at that. Now, actually, I was in a better state than you and Kyle that night. Cause you guys were sitting in Rocco's pizza, you know, just, Oh, we want urban. We want urban. And I was like, ah, oh, you guys got to get over him. Like he ditched us, man. Like he doesn't, he's not into you, but yeah. uh, anyway, so anyway, what I was getting at was I'm watching this press conference and in real time, actually, I wasn't even watching it. So, Again, not knowing the shit that was about to get thrown at all of us this week, Monday night, prior to the news breaking of Brian Kelly, I tell my wife, like, okay, I was like, you know what? I was like, we need to go grocery shopping. I was like, I'll just get up early and go Monday. Um, and, you know, so you, you stay home with the baby, you know, watch it. I'll just go get everything that we need. We have a young-ish pup, uh, you know, who I may have mentioned on the podcast before. Anyway, that poor guy is just like feeling you know, feeling all kinds of new baby things of uh, not having all the attention in the world. So I'm like, I'll take, I'll drop him off at the daycare so he could play with dogs all day. And then I'll go grocery shopping. And then like, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to be in the freaking grocery store. Like, you know, you're picking out, I don't know, whatever the hell it is that we needed while Sporbrick's doing this press conference. So I go through that grocery store in record time and I'm just listening in the car while I'm driving home. And I'm like yelling at the radio or or at the Bluetooth. I'm like, what are you saying? You just contradicted yourself like, like four times. So in the moment, I'm like, that was probably my lowest where I'm like, Oh God, he doesn't know where he, and then I like sat back, you know, I kind of went through it and I'm like, okay, there's two things that have happened here or two possible scenarios. Jack Swarbrick, savvy Jack either just had the worst press conference of his career and doesn't know what's happening and has been completely blindsided by any of this or he is sandbagging the hell out of all of us. And he knows exactly what he's going to do. 
and he has got he has got things in motion and he's not tipping his hand at all to anybody. And I was like, I'm going to believe the latter for my own sanity. I wrote an article, so this is not made made up. I wrote an article that actually said that. And I think that's what he did. I think he knew, like, I think he knew immediately. And then as soon as I started, you know, kind of processing that, then also I think I relayed some messages to both of you guys that I had heard Tuesday, probably around like noon, Tuesday afternoon-ish from somebody who would know some things who was like, I'm fairly certain they're going after Freeman hard. And that's what the plan is. And I was like, that makes perfect sense based on what we just saw from Swarbrick and everything he said and didn't say. And from that point on, I think for me, it was like the stars are starting to align again. And that's why I said it was stress-free for me. Cause it was like from Tuesday on I, in my mind, I'm like, it's Freeman. There's no way it's anybody else other than Freeman. And by Wednesday night, you know, we, we had him locked up. And what was, what I thought we were going to get to is again, every single Notre Dame coaching search I remember that we've gone through, there's been some wild at a left field name, like tossed in there. Like, you're just like, what? Like, no, I don't want that name at all. I don't like, again, like Randy Edsel and Brett Bielema last time around. I was like, no, nah, I don't want them anywhere near Notre Dame. Right. And I was like, that has to happen. That's like the only thing that we need to happen yet. We need that, that candidate to, for us, you know, to get thrown out for somebody to say, eh, Notre Dame's looking at Dan Mullen, right. Or something like ridiculous like that, but that didn't even happen. It all went off without a hitch. Like you saw the momentum building throughout the day on Wednesday where it was like, Oh, Jack Swarbrick supposed to meet with the college football playoff committee. Guess what? He's not here. Cause he's, he's meeting with Marcus Freeman. I'm like, well, there's no other reason he would re- meet with Marcus Freeman. This is happening. And then it all, happened and last night was just it was beautiful it was like you know you see the reports throughout the day that you know reese or uh that that kelly is going after reese and freeman and yeah of course he is right those are his guys like of course he was gonna try like so i wasn't like that part didn't really i was just pissed off already at, at brian kelly enough like that as soon as he left i'm like he's gonna raid the staff He's going to go after transfers. He is going to go after this recruiting class because that's what coaches do when they leave. This is exactly what Lincoln Riley has done to to Oklahoma in four days or five days, whatever we're at here. Um, so I'm like, ah, whatever. So to see the way that things played out last night where the first domino, well, actually the first domino that fell was Bayless, which right. that was also, that also, like as soon as I saw that, I'm like, ah, you'd be Freeman. Cause it's like, you don't keep your strength and conditioning coach without having your other, without having the head coach pretty much lined up because most head coaches want their own strength and conditioning guy. Even if it's somebody as good as Matt Bayless, right? Let's say, let's say, you know, Schwarberg was really going to make a run at fickle. You think fickle was going to be, like, you did what you locked up the strength and conditioning coach. Like, no, I want my own guy. So that, you know, all the dominoes were falling. And then it was just like, it was so fast. Like it was, everything happened so fast last night. Like if you look at all the Notre Dame sites, like none of them were even able to write individual articles about everything that happened. It was like, yep, here's our recap because shit just went down in like two hours. And it was like, this is amazing. And it was like, just like the ultimate FU to Brian Kelly, that none of his assistants that he wanted most likely that, you know, are, are following him. Jeff, I have, a, I, I have a question for you, Jeff, actually. Sure. What, when, when Brian Kelly, the, it, the, the, the tweet comes out from, I guess it was Thamel, 
when it says he's when it says he's leaving when he's taking the job at LSU what was your what was your first reaction to that beyond like shock like what the heck like was it oh no we're losing Brian Kelly or was it like something different uh, my my first thought was excitement it, it was like this is an opportunity we are <laughs> okay. turning over we are turning over a solid uh program uh, in a good state to a competent um head coach who can take our ceiling even further than what it was under kelly and that and who, that's what i'm hoping we can do who were you thinking of so i said i said this to to frank and the guys yeah. uh, in, in the text thread i said my first call if i were jack swarbrick my first call would be Dabo. Mm. Oh, i said okay. and i said i said call Dabo. I, I would expect to get turned down, but you you have to make the call. Mm-hmm. And and then I said after that it's one A one uh, A um, Fickle and one B uh, Freeman. Okay. And I said the reason why I would go with Freeman is if we could keep the staff, which we ended up doing. And I think we need to we need to come back to that one because that I we need to give a, give credit where that's due because I don't think. I don't think we would have Freeman if particularly Reese didn't stay. And no. that's according to, uh, you know, uh, Pete, Pete Sampson. Right. Um, he, he's given a lot of credit to the Reese decision contributing significantly to Freeman staying. So that, that, that was kind of my thoughts. I, I said Dabo and then 1A, 1B, uh, Freeman and Fickle. I can confirm. I just looked up the receipts on our text chain. That is exactly, <laughs> that is exactly what Jeff said. <laughs> thank you for thank you for fact checking that. Um, no, because I, I I know how um, I know how Frank felt about it. I know and I've talked about on our pod. Um, I think it was two days ago or whatever it was. Two nights um, ago. Yeah, we talked about it then, and so I just I wanted to get your take on it because actually it's interesting. My my reaction was similar um, in that I, I don't know I I wouldn't say excitement. It was more intrigue. Like, ooh, where could we go with this? Like, this is actually exactly. interesting. Um, I wasn't thinking Dabo. So this was my whole thought process. And since, um, you know, we we Frank and I kind of cover the team, we we are kind of plugged into the whole, I guess, machine of it um, in terms of like recruiting and and relationships and how everything kind of works. Um, with the staff and just the 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 strings and everything um so that was my kind of point of view on it and 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 so when when i thought of fickle i couldn't think of any coach outside the context of the situation and so my whole concern was it has to be Freeman and Reese because the the idea behind it is the continuity piece. And if the continuity is fractured in any way, then it kind of doesn't work. And so that's why it's like, if we don't have Reese with Freeman, then we need to interview Fickle. And, and if you interview Fickle, then that means, well, Freeman's not going to wait around, so he's going to go. And the other part of it is, is like if you interview Fickle, then Freeman's going to want the Cincinnati head job. So 
it was just like there is no way at this point that Freeman will be the defensive coordinator again at Notre Dame. He's yeah. either the head coach or he's somewhere else. And but then, hold on, Greg. On that point, if they were to go the Fickle route, they would be asking Fickle to leave his team in Cincinnati, which is exactly what Kelly did, you know, 12 years ago. Exactly. And then, and then what? When you're then you're not going to expect Fickle to bolt for Ohio State when uh, Ryan Day goes to the Chicago Bears or some other NFL team. Exactly, and that, and that's the thing that you have to be concerned with, and the fact that he has a game, so you would have to wait yep. for the game to see if they make it. If they make it, now you don't get them for a month, and and it's like th- then you're like I said, you're losing everything. You've lost Freeman in the month. Like he's obviously not going to be recruiting because he has a playoff game to get ready for. And so you're going to lose uh, your whole class. Your, yeah. your school is going to be without a coach. Like you got, you're going to have guys under the portal and everything like that was for me, that was the whole process of just like, I'm thinking about all the machinations in my mind. And I'm like, it really has to be Freeman and Reese because yeah. it's just all going away. And so like everyone, like all the conversations that I had was, who is like, who is the best coach or whatever? It's like, you can't look at it in a vacuum because when you have Freeman and Reese, you're talking about Freeman and Reese with the entire operation that it is today. The football program that we have today, like that comes with Freeman and Reese. And when you talk about having like Fickle or anybody else, like even Dabo, right? Let's say it was Dabo. You're still losing all of that. You're losing all of it. So um, that's kind of how I viewed it through that lens. Just like, yeah, it, it has to be those guys. Because I want to keep the program. It's like our favorite thing is the yeah. continuity in the culture. It's like everything that we love about it right now. Well, and one so thing I, I've been I thinking know, about. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say, so, I mean, on that point, you know, it seems like we're, we're thinking that, uh, Freeman and, and Reese were a package deal the whole time. So let's 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 revisit that. Like it sounded like uh, Tommy Reese was really close to following Kelly to LSU. Yeah. And it sounded like sounds like that we threw the Brinks truck at him and said, "Don't let that happen." And he yeah. said, "Okay, but what if we didn't throw the Brinks truck at him? What if we didn't, uh, you know, beat LSU's offer?" Um, I wonder, with Reese being a Notre Dame guy and a former Notre Dame football player, would it would, did it really take us having a higher offer than LSU did to keep Reese around? Like that's right. That's where they call they. I think they call it. Like Chris Zorch referred to it the other night. The Notre Dame tax, right? You you take less pay when you work at Notre Dame, no matter what position you're in, because you you have the privilege of working at Notre Dame, and so. I think we, I think, you know, going back to what we said at the, uh, earlier, Bayless was the first coach to signal he was staying on. And then I think Reese, if I'm not mistaken, was the second. Reese was the second. Yeah. And then once, once that happened, then it was just like that volcano was about to explode. Yep. And that's when we started getting, you know, uh, the signs from Elston and, and then Freeman and, and some of the other guys, McNulty. Um, obviously Mickens was going to stay if Freeman stays. So yeah. like credit to the staff for credit to the staff for, I mean, putting their money theoretically where their, where their mouth is and, and how much they love Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, and 
one elston i think might be my favorite of the ones that like because it was like okay it's like you get reese you get freeman it's like all right, awesome i think the next one was mcnulty was mcnulty was right after your reese it was like well reese is staying so mcnulty's staying and i'm trying to think of the order that it, i can't remember the order that it happened but I, yeah, elston wasn't until like the fifth and i remember being just like i was like elston's the one that i really want because that dude loves Notre Dame now, which is amazing because he's a Michigan guy that like been at Notre Dame for 12 years and has just kind of like bought in to Notre Dame, uh, which we learned that, you know, again, he who shall remain nameless, never, never fully bought in to, to actually Notre Dame as much as he tried to like pretend that he did. But, mm-hmm. you know, so Elson was the one that I was like, well, he's the one that like to keep him and he's going to have to be defensive coordinator. The reports are he is going to be defensive coordinator. Obviously, it hasn't been confirmed yet by the university because Freeman hasn't even been confirmed. But that one was awesome because uh, I just he's just again, he, he is such just just like a good representative of Notre Dame. And not only that, like forget that he is one hell of a coach like. Do you guys, you guys are both old enough to, to remember how just terrible our defensive lines were for like, I don't know, like 15 years. Like, I don't know, like once Holtz, well, even Dave, Davey had some good defenses. So like his lines were pretty good. Cause he, it was one thing he could do is recruit defense and get, and get defensive players. But like the defensive line at Notre Dame was just horrific for years. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, now it's one of the best in the country year in and year out. And we're thinking like, oh, how do we get our third string defensive end more snaps? Because he's actually really good. But the first two guys are also really good. So love seeing Elston, uh, Elston back. But one point I was going to make before is that what's really interesting, again, comparing this to past Notre Dame coaching searches, is that when Kelly, when we, when we hired Kelly and, and Weiss and, and, and the others, there wasn't an early signing day. So you had more time. Like, you could, in theory, wait for a coach to coach his bowl game and not have your class just totally destroyed and decimated because you had until what, the, uh, whatever, in the, the first week of February. February, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what is it? It's always Wednesday. I, for some reason, I always think it's Tuesday, but then every year I'm like, oh, wait, no, signing day is actually Wednesday. So anyway, you had until that that Wednesday in February to kind of – you know, guy the ship. I mean, hell, we went through it with Weiss. When Weiss was named, it was like, hey, he's going to do the run with, uh, you know, with the Patriots and not be full time until that's over. So uh, you, you could do that then. You, can, you, you can't do that now. And it was something that like kind of hit me because I'm like, these coaching, like, what the hell? Like, you know, these, it's happening so much faster now. And that's that's got to be an unintended consequence of the early signing day that like everybody universally kind of wanted that early signing day. Cause it's like you lock your recruiting class in early. You don't got to worry about all this, you know, decommitment shenanigans that was happening there for, you know, for a while now, which it still happens, but not, it doesn't feel like it happens as much as it, as it was there for that one, that one period. But that is like an unintended consequence of this. Cause that is, you know, Greg, to your point of like everything kind of falling apart. Like if there isn't an early signing day and you have until February, you could in theory, wait, you know, two weeks. You could, in theory, wait. Like, hell, when was Willingham named head coach at Notre Dame? It was like after Christmas, if I recall, right? It was like the whole O'Leary fiasco happened. And Notre Dame was like, well, now we're just going to take our good old sweet time. And it was like, he got named like, I remember being home. Yeah, I remember being home on like Christmas break when when Willingham got uh, got named, uh, you know, the, uh, you know the, the head coach at Notre Dame. So it was just kind of something I, I hadn't really thought about. Um, but that added to like the pressure or, you know, to the pressure and the, uh, the advanced timeline 
that we were, uh, you know, that we in Notre Dame were dealing with. And hats off, man, to Jack Swarbrick. Because for a guy that didn't look like he slept, you know, Tuesday morning, now he pulled off some Godfather-esque, like, shit on Brian Kelly of, like, you could have crossed me. No, you are not going to cross me. Like, I am going to show you, sir, you know, how this is going to play out. And you're not going to get any of these coaches. And good luck. You're now in a state that you've never been in, apparently, even though he's been in multiple in-home visits for Notre Dame football players over the last couple of years. Um, you know, you're in a state you've never been in, coaching in a part of the country you've never uh, you've never coached in. All of these coaches that you have familiarity with that are good coaches are not following you. Good luck. Right? He's like, Swarbrick was Liam Neeson on the other line of the phone and freaking taken, like, just telling Brian Kelly, like, good luck. Like, you know, you are, or no, it was the, the guy telling, telling, telling Liam Neeson that, but that, that was Swarbrick. Like, and again, hats off to him. Cause he's taking some heat, you know, from time to time from Notre Dame fans and hell, even on the Zorch podcast the other night, some of the former players were like, I don't know about Swarbrick. He's iffy. And I was like, Hey, you know, he's kind of good. Um, but man, he, you know, he, he earned his stripes, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, that this week and has really kind of stabilized things when, this thing could have went south. It could have went south really quick. And if you have like the Miami situation down there right now, where they have like so many cooks in the kitchen that I was seeing on Twitter today, like, man, Swarbrick was like guided this ship in, in a time that could have let us down some, uh, some nasty paths. Interestingly, um, when we were at USC, um, with Jude, I got a chance to meet someone who, I guess is, you know, in the athletic department, pretty plugged in and ha- is uh, like attends a lot of meetings with Jack Swarbrick. And, and his main thing was like, this is one of the smartest people I've ever been around. And this is someone who's like a very well accomplished himself. So he was like, he's one of the smartest people I've ever been around. Like I'm kind of in awe of him, just like the way that he maneuvers things and the way he thinks about things. So as this is going on, that's like in my mind, like, I, I kind of trust that he will get this figured out. And he did. He did. And, yeah. and Hey, how are we feeling right now? I know why. And again, I know Jeff's feeling Jeff, Jeff can't wait until one. He can't wait till Notre Dame is in the playoffs or a bowl game or you know whatever, wherever we land, but how are we feeling in general of where, where Notre Dame is at, you know, right now in terms of staff and direction of the program. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, um, well, so we have we're going going to need a offensive line coach, Correct. probably a wide receivers coach. Most likely. It sounds like it sounds like Lazinski's moving to linebackers potentially. Oh, it I seems like that. that's the that, okay. well, that it's, I think that's the kind of the push since he's been doing it for the last like because the last two defensive coordinators were also the linebacker coaches so. They, I think they've been kind of putting it on him to do. So, and, um, and so then, he's kind of been I mean, doing it. And so his, the head coach now is also a former linebackers coach, right? So exactly. That that's where Lazinski could probably have, you know, some uh, uh, mental mentorship there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then special teams, I guess, would be the other big one that, that we're going to need. Um, How are we going like, to find somebody to teach fair catching? How, like, <laughs> is that where are we going to find well, that? No, no, but the, here's the other important part of, of 
what Pullian did, to be honest with you, is you, you got to admit he was a he was also a machine on the recruiting trail. Yeah, he was good. I'll give him that. I'll give him and, that. And so we need to find somebody who can teach teach how to fair catch and uh, go to Hawaii for. As you say, that's our, the other, yeah. He the he, he that that's why we have them. He is he's got those connections there. Um, and I don't dislike Pullian, but I mean, yeah. I've just it's uh, it was. Uh, that was that was an easy one, but uh, yeah, but I mean, just in general, like outside of like what we need, like how do you feel? Like I'm gonna, because I mean, even like what we learned, some of the things we're seeing tonight, like uh, I mean, again, very 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 unconfirmed, um, but I've seen on Twitter and some uh, you know some other places that uh, apparently Freeman reached out to Brian Hartline about a, a position on the staff, which like I have zero uh like hopes that we're gonna be able to pull that i mean heartline's a great wide receiver coach he's a great recruiter but like that is a alma mater too yeah and is and and is almost but if that is freeman's mentality of how he's gonna try to fill out his staff like dude like that is like shoot your shoot your shot man and like like go for it like that is just such like it is such a different mentality than we have seen in the past with filling out most of the assistant coaching positions, uh, you know, at Notre Dame, uh, you know, outside of like Freeman, Freeman is kind of the one anomaly of like where Brian Kelly was like, no, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get the best. And then he did it. And thank God he did because now he's the head coach. Like I actually, I have a fun article scheduled to post in the morning with a slightly trollish headline. Um, but that talks about like, thank God that Brian Kelly recruited, Marcus Freeman from LSU last year. Cause like if he didn't get Freeman, you know, he's probably going down to like a tier B candidate and uh, you know, then where are we at right now? Well, and maybe LSU's defense would have been better this year. So then uh, coach O wouldn't have been fired. Uh, That's so, a good point. And then, and then Kelly wouldn't be going to LSU. So um, is it interesting? But, uh, yeah. The, the other thing about the, the, gen, the general operation that I just want to touch on is some of the non-coaching staff positions, like the, um, the mental performance. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard Dr. Amber Selking's name mentioned uh, quite a bit in terms of, of being the motivator. So she was, she was the Lou Holtz for Brian Kelly, because he, if you, if you ever saw any of his uh, halftime speeches, um, you know, they suck. <laughs> the guy, the guy couldn't motivate. You know, his. I'm surprised he can motivate his kids to get out of bed. To be honest, I don't know, man. Did you see those LSU players in his introductory meeting? They looked, they looked enthralled in in what he was saying. So we, I mean, the 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 mental mental coach, um, uh, you know, part of the staff. The, um, and then obviously the the strength with Bayless, but also the ancillary um, part of the football uh, operation, like uh, the training table and any of the facility upgrades. Like that's, I think that's what I'm most in, uh, excited or intrigued to see improve or come along and develop more so than the actual coaching staff. I think I think we'll be able to get a solid coaching staff. We already have one in place, and and if we have competent, you know, uh, coaches, they're going to go out and find other people that can do a similar or better job than they can. So it's, it's, it's a, some of the stuff that has been out there as rumor for, you know, whether it was Kelly or whoever that was unhappy with, 
with the exterior part of the football operation. What about you, Greg? What are you excited for? Or are you excited, I should say? I'm just assuming. Are you asking me if I'm excited, Frank? Are you excited, Greg? <laughs> you know I am. Like, so I know that, but I'm <laughs> trying to create a little intrigue for the pod. You don't, you don't have to create. You don't have to create fake intrigue. Come on, Frank. People know my energy. Okay, oh, that's true. That's true. Um, am I am I excited? Of course, I'm excited. I'm excited actually for Marcus to start calling offensive recruits. That's. Um, yes. I want to. I want to see how that starts matriculating through the uh the grapevine situation um you guys were talking about the the i guess the sliding doors aspect of this i kind of wonder it's kind of been a theory of mine that i've been popping around in my head um just kind of like the the last couple of days or like yesterday and then today a little bit about the freeman effect I wonder if if it intimidated Kelly a little bit. Ooh. I, I wonder I wonder if he didn't like it. So I was thinking, I was like, if Freeman goes to LSU, then someone else is DC. Does Kelly leave? Like, does Kelly leave? And and I'm just kind of wondering, like, because with Clark Lee, right? Like everyone liked Clark Lee, but not like this. That's true. You know, like like when Clark Lee went to Vanderbilt, it was like, oh, okay, cool, man. Like, that's great. Like, good for you. You know, like happy for our guy. And, and I think if Marcus went to, you know, whatever school, it would have been like, no, like that's awful. Like mourning, like people would be in mourning. And I think that like Freeman's vibrant personality I think had people so excited and everyone talked about him all the time and he got so much credit for like the recruiting and like, like last off season, he got so much credit. And I think that Kelly probably liked it at first cause he made the hire. Right. So, Oh, Kelly pulled this off, but then it got like, it was Freeman and Freeman and Freeman and Freeman. And I wonder if Kelly was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. Like, I don't want to hear this anymore. Like it needs to be about me. And it needs to be about kind of my opportunity a little bit. Um, uh-huh. Although the fact that he offered Freeman at LSU kind of flies in the face of that. But even so, like, I just think that the the amount of attention that he got from, you know, the, the LSU AD there, right? And you just kind of look at the way that he's talking about, like, talking to the LSU team, right? Like, everything yeah. is me. This is my why. And this is... Oh, you know, my God. this is for me. And this is, you know, I'm looking for this and I'm looking for, you know, I want to win a title and I want to do it here. And even like to like when he did his his uh, fake accent that everyone's making fun of <laughs> and he makes the comment like, I'm so excited and I haven't even won all of my games yet. Like my games. Mm-hmm. What? Like you don't say that, right? Like, but it's just like, it's, it's a nothing comment, but it's so revealing that you look at it as mine. Like it's, it's, it's just like, it shows the mindset and and it's just like, it's all about him right now. And even the, like, like the stupid, awful speech that he gave to the team, 
Oh my god. You guys bad. didn't do you guys didn't do anything wrong. Like what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like 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 as if we we left the as if it was we thought it was about leaving the fucking toilet seat up too much. <laughs> you know like, like like what are you talking about? Like you guys didn't do anything wrong. It's like yeah, I know. We're 11 and 1, dumbass. Like of course we didn't do anything wrong. What, what what's your problem? That's what we're here for. Like we're not here for to have you like assuage your concerns about like like tell us like oh you know don't worry it had nothing to do with you guys like no 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 we know that what's your problem like what's your story and like oh like when he told them oh you're a top four team what like dude we're not the media like no we're not a top four team we are the top team you you were our coach two days ago don't tell me we're top four what are you talking about man craig is getting fired yeah. I, I, I am Let's so go. mad about that like i was just I was, like dude what you, the hell is your problem that top this four. is greg's uh mike gundy moment i'm a man i'm 40 <laughs> that's well, like why did he say it why did you say that that doesn't why don't say that you don't say that to these players that speech four. was so cringe <clears throat> so cringeworthy to be like when we get yeah t, uh, the um the, the, it's not your fault like what? Like, what is it? I felt like I was watching like Step Brothers when the parents are telling, you know, uh, Will Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, like that they're splitting up. Like, it's not nobody did anything wrong. Like, shut up, man. Like, and what's really funny is that you you picked up on the like the 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 I the I I you know me me me. I I remember uh, the one article I wrote about Brian Kelly after the 2016 season. Uh, where I was just done with him the first time around. And I was like, it was like his last press conference of the year. And it, he, he did the same thing in that press conference where everything was like I and me and me and me. And I wrote an entire article and I was like, you know what? Show me a leader who is always saying I and me instead of like we and us. And I'm going to show you a bad leader. And that is like, it was it like it was a little Brian Kelly, like 1.0. And it's, I mean, obviously as a Notre Dame fan, I hope he fails absolutely miserably at LSU. Like I will be appreciative of the fact of what he did at Notre Dame. You know what? I, and I've said that before. Like we can't, we're not, I'm not just going to say like he did nothing good at Notre Dame because he did a lot of good at Notre Dame. He got us to the point that we're at. I do think we are like at the freaking doorsteps like and who knows maybe this team is pissed off enough this year that if the playoff committee lets them in that they're going to take it out on somebody and they catch lightning in a bottle in the playoffs but even if they don't because we've talked greg on like all of these podcasts like we know that this roster is slightly whoa what is this what just happened did i do this i have a weird background on my screen is anybody else anyway um so anyway <laughs> That's better. Sorry, my computer just freaked out. Um, <laughs> I'll screenshot what I just saw and send you guys later because it's wild. Anyway, so we've talked a lot though about how like Edit this roster is out of what's the podcast. That? No, no, staying in, staying in, staying in. Anyway, so we've talked about how the roster. We know that there's flaws in this roster, but all of the flaws that we see in the roster, we know there's fixes coming to, and it's just uh, it, so the fact that too that Brian. Kelly left like with, at, with with Notre Dame at that at their doorstep. It's like, 
it's just it's it's ridiculous uh, for one. Um, but now to see him kind of go back to his old bag of tricks and it's like, buddy, I hope you fall on your face and I'm not, you know, and I'm going to enjoy it when you do. And I'm going to hope that after you fall on your face, Nick Saban is there to just go like, you know, kind of kind of turn his heel when and run up the score on you. But um, that is that is the. Again, now we're now you got me fired up. Damn it, Chris. you know what? I was in like a happy place where I'm just like, hey, everything's great. But now you got me all fired up over here. I have been drinking a little bit, even though I said I wasn't going to. But uh, hey, that's the kind of that's the kind of week that that we've been having. But you know, one Something... thing you mentioned too, Greg. Oh, sorry. I mean, one one last thing. I'll kick it over to you, Jeff. Is I cannot wait for Marcus Freeman to call offensive recruits either, um, and and to recruit the offensive side of the ball because I think everything that we've seen so good on the offensive side or on the defensive side of the ball with Freeman. We haven't quite seen on offense. I think you've seen some improvements in the offensive recruiting the last couple of years. Like you look at some of the receivers, like this year's receiving class looks great. You know, again, if we hold on to all three last year's receiving class looks like it's going to be great with, you know, Colsey and styles already making plays. He's still got Jane Thomas, um, you know, who looked like a really good prospect coming out, you know, kind of, you know, he's still there that has plenty of time to, you know, to develop the running back room has obviously improved a lot, you know, with, uh, you know, Diggs and Tyree and Kyron, um, the tight end room has been great. Right. The offensive line is you know, room has been, you know, has been pretty good. But what has been missing is those top for the most part, those like those top 50, top 100 guys outside of like offensive linemen, specifically quarterbacks. And I think when it comes to the quarterback position, that is where you need your head coach to be like the lead recruiter, even if they're a defensive guy, like quarterbacks, they want, they need that like kind of attention. You I mean, you saw Malachi uh, Nelson following, you know, Lincoln Riley to, to USC, like followed the head coach. And I mean, obviously Riley's offensive, offensive guy to begin with, but we haven't seen that, you know, at Notre Dame. And if anybody listening, hasn't watched the Chris Orge podcast from like two nights ago that had Tom Lemming on that was talking about Brian Kelly's recruiting, at Notre Dame, highly recommend it. I wrote an article about it, uh, linked to the podcast in the in the article where Lemming was pretty brutal, which is pretty interesting because I mean I guess Lemming is probably at like the end of his career and doesn't care anymore about burning bridges with coaching staffs because it's like whatever, man. I've been doing this for forty years. Like I could burn you know my relationship with the LSU team at this point and not care. But Lemming was straight up like Brian Kelly liked to golf more than he liked to recruit. And we had kind of heard things over the years that like Brian Kelly wasn't the most like uh, aggressive recruiter, but we also heard over the last couple of years that he got better. But Lemming was just like Lemming, Lemming, man. Speaking of earlier when I said I kept receipts, man, Lemming had receipts. Lemming, Lemming actually mentioned Malachi Nelson. Lemming was like the guy that just followed Lincoln Riley to USC. He's like, I talked to him like two years ago. He had interested Notre Dame. Notre Dame hadn't even reached out to him yet. And at that point, Lincoln Riley had a close relationship with him. He's like, the head coach at Notre Dame had never even spoken to him. The head coach at Notre Dame doesn't go to the top 12 Catholic schools, you know, in the country just to shake hands and develop those, uh, those, you know, those, those, those relationships. So like if Marcus Freeman can do that, which he's given no indications that he can't, that's the final piece that we need. Like that's, you, you know, you, we've gotten to the playoff game and, you know, 
playoff games and you've got to the championship game and there's always been, well, Alabama didn't have a superstar at quarterback that just lit us up because they just were a machine and lit us up literally everywhere else. Um, but like, I mean, you look at the Clemson game and it was like, man, we got lit up by Trevor Lawrence. We haven't had that. Love Ian Book. We do not slander Ian Book on this podcast, but we have not. I mean, Ian Book was a fourth round pick. It was a pretty good pick, right? We haven't had a first round pick at quarterback since Brady Quinn. And that's what if if Freeman re- improves the offensive side of, of recruiting the way that he's improved the defensive side of recruiting, look out because we're going to that that is that's what we need. So on on that point, and also to kind of bridge it back to something Greg said earlier, he mentioned uh, Clark Lee. You know, over the past couple of years, I think everybody was looking at Clark Lee as a potential future head coach for Notre Dame. Another name that has been mentioned uh, a lot over the past four to five years was uh, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And, and something I realized this week, Matt Campbell and Clark Lee were looked at as head coaching candidates who could continue what Brian Kelly had built over the past 12 years. He, I think Marcus Freeman is somebody who can just rise above what Brian Kelly break through that ceiling that, you know, that Brian Kelly hasn't been able to, to, to get through himself. Um, And that's, I think there's such a clear difference in, I mean, just, Seeing, watching some of the Marcus Freeman interviews uh, that he's done with Notre Dame uh, media over the past year, um, seeing some of his old stuff at, at Cincinnati um, that has been popping up on Twitter all day long, uh, and this guy is, this guy, and, and then also listening to him talk on Chris Zorch's podcast from back in the summer. That's another one that that if anybody hasn't seen yet, you should go back and, and review he talks about Notre Dame like Lou Holtz used to talk about Notre Dame. There is a genuine love and appreciation for what Notre Dame is that I don't think we ever saw out of Kelly. I think Kelly tried to fake it too much. Um, I don't know that Clark Lee had the um, personality to be able to set or this or the skills to be able to sell it like Marcus Freeman does, like from a, on a personal level. I think people loved. Clark Lee like a or his players loved Clark Lee like a father, father figure. But this job requires more than just a father figure. It requires a motivator and somebody who can sell the university. And I mean, from everything I've seen uh, of Marcus Freeman, especially with the content that I've been watching over the past 72 hours, <laughs> this has me just so excited for the future of indie football. Yeah, it's funny on Clark Lee. I think if it was like the 1950s, Clark Lee would probably be able to, you know, win a, you know, win a title at Notre Dame. But the game is very different now than it was, you know, obviously back then. He's just like, he's a great coach. Love Clark Lee, by the way. This isn't, you know, again, a slight at him either. But he isn't that like charismatic, like leader. Like you mentioned Brian Kelly's halftime speeches being terrible. They they. I mean, they always did. Whenever Notre Dame showed them, they always did kind of feel like forced. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're going to say it now because you know what? We are no longer a protecting podcast of Brian Kelly. Now we just make fun of him because he left us. 
And that's what you do when somebody leaves you. But like, it wouldn't surprise me if Brian Kelly had like a mirror in his office that he practiced those in front of where he was like, you know, like trying to like, cause it's, it just, it felt rehearsed. It felt forced. Um, it's not who he is, which is fine. Like, you know, I don't, but, um, I, I, I can contrast that to what I imagine a Marcus Freeman pep talk to be. And it's, fr- it's gotta be, night and day uh you know again i'm just going to assume that and how many times did we see notre dame come out flat in some big games and i mean not that the pregame pep talk is what you know causes a team to come out flat or or to come out fired up but jeff how many times have i texted our group text chain it was just like two games ago three games ago and i was like we look flat in the tunnel every like you see other teams like they're like bopping up and down. They're like doing stuff in the tunnel. Like Notre Dame almost always just kind of like walks up to the tunnel. And like, you got like maybe one or two guys who are like really like kind of into it. And the rest are just like kind of flat. So I don't know if Freeman will help that, but um, I think it it is going to be a a much different, uh, a much different scenario. Uh, The only thing I'll say is we've talked a lot about all of the positives of Freeman. I think, we would be remiss if we did not mention that there is at least risk with this hire. It's not like it's not a risk-free hire. The man has never been a head coach. That's a big risk. No, no football, no Notre Dame head football coach who's ever been hired without head coaching experience has succeeded at Notre Dame. So that is what Marcus Freeman is up against, by the way. Like it was, I saw it was a tweet earlier, like the last five, and it's just like, oh, damn it. Those are like the five worst. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. That's what, it was like Weiss and Davey and Jerry Faust, um, and then uh, Terry Brennan. And then there was one other, again, back in like 40s, 50s time frame. And you're just like, oh, okay. That's what he's up against. Um, but I mean, I think we should mention that, that there is at least some risk. Um, there is so much good that I think Freeman is going to be able to do you know, for the program, but I think Notre Dame fans also probably have to be able to live with a few first time head coach hiccups along the way. And next year's schedule, there's a question that somebody posed to us actually. Next year's schedule is not the kind of schedule that you can have a hiccup and, uh, you know, and, and maybe, uh, you know, kind of fully survive. But I would just say we would be remiss if we did not at least mention that there, there was some risk with the hire. Yeah, I mean, risk like, uh, you know, I, I can imagine in his first game, if he wins this coin toss, he might actually defer. So uh, <laughs> that could that could be a little bit of a risk that we don't have our offense go three and out on the first possession. So. In the horseshoe. Uh, <laughs> that is true. That is that is that is very true. But hey, a lot of look at the and if you look at the, the current head coaches, you know, the current head coaching landscape. And a lot of a lot of the the ones that people look at now as some of the top coaches didn't have head coaching experience. Ryan Day didn't, Lincoln Riley didn't, Dabo Sweeney didn't. Um, who am I missing? I feel like there's one more that is uh, kind of prevalent or um, like a bigger name coach who did not. But yeah, I mean those are three those are three pretty damn good ones. Uh, you know, right there that did not have uh, did not have head coaching experience before they got uh, they before they got their jobs that they you know, that they, uh, that, that, that they have now. So that is, and I think crystal ball might, might, might've been one. Okay. So there you go. But, um, I mean, there's not, there's everyone, like there's risk, there's in, risk everything, in everything, right? Exactly. Like, like fickle, right? Like what is he, he's never coached at a, at a level like Notre Dame. 
That's right? true. Like he's he's been at Cincinnati, right? So that's yeah. Brian Kelly. Like there was risk with Kelly. I mean, there was. You could look at Kelly. If they fire him after 2016, is a failure, you know, and yeah. and he would have had, he would have been just as good a hire as Fickle, if not better at the time. So, yeah. agreed. Um, so th- there's risk everywhere. Well, I was, yeah, I know, was I'm thinking about to be fair and balanced here. I was thinking of um, <laughs> what you said about how uh, how we're not protecting Kelly anymore. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of like because of the way he left. And because it was in a way that makes it seem like, oh, like you were a phony. Like, that's what you had going on. Like, you were a phony guy. And I think in hindsight, now you look at everything in kind of a different way. Yep. It reminds me of the movie 500 Days of Summer, where you you have the relationship and you feel like watching the movie and how, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, in the movie but how he's kind of how he's viewing all of her little actions in a way that it's like you make it like it's going to work out but then it doesn't work out and then the movie flashes back to all the little signs that showed like no it's not going to work out like all these things that she was doing how she was like pulling away and how she was being kind of aloof to things and it's like at the time it was like oh it's endearing but now in hindsight it's actually, no, these were signs that she wasn't actually that into you and that sort of thing. And I think that's what's going on with Kelly, too, is like you look at all the 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 little things in hindsight in a way that make it sound like, oh, you just weren't that into it. Like you you didn't actually buy in. We thought you did. Right. Like you we thought that you bought into all the little nooks and crannies of what makes Notre Dame Notre Dame. But at the end of the day, the way you detached from everything, like this was just a job. Like you like like Jeff was saying, like you did. Oh, like you you didn't have that love for the school. Like you never bought into that. And you kind of need that. And you do sense that Freeman has it. Right. And that's, you know, time will tell on that. But it's like, yeah, like everything in hindsight makes it a lot more sense. Which is crazy because. The, the head coaching job at Notre Dame is not like just a job, like in even then, like, like in any sense, it is like an exhausting job. Like, right. You are on 24 seven as the head coach at Notre Dame. Like there's so much that you're doing outside of just being a football coach and X's and O's and recruiting and whatnot that like to not to, to, to do that for 12 years, like that, I, I I don't know how you do that without getting exhausted if you don't have it. And you're just like faking it, which is crazy. Like, that's why it's, it's, and I think that's why I think like early on the jury was out on Kelly. Like, I think everybody had the jury still like out on Kelly early on of like, does he have it? And then it's like, then after 2016, he does this reboot and it's like, Oh, this is a whole new guy. It's a whole new coach. And you're like, Oh, okay. You know, he's winning games. He's doing all this stuff. And it's like, Oh, okay. So, Maybe, you know, maybe he's fine uh, or maybe he did. Maybe he did develop it. I think we all knew he didn't have it coming in and that he'd have to kind of, you know, develop it and he would develop that appreciate or develop the appreciation. And I think like the fact that he was here for 12 years, like everybody just assumed, like, how can you be the head football coach at Notre Dame for 12 years without like losing your mind if you don't have it because of all of this other stuff? You got to do. Um, so it's interesting that like he could like 
turn it off like immediately it was like a switch for him where he was just like nope nope i'm gonna i'm gonna replay all my favorite hit all, all of my greatest hits uh who was it it was um doug farmer from um nbc sports wrote an article who was just like Anybody else noticed that, like, he said all of these things in his LSU introductory press conference that he said, like, at Notre Dame over the years, like, about the wanting to be a Broadway show or take it, you know, an on-Broadway show or whatever it was, was one of the examples. And, like, he just said all of these things that, like, he basically had said, you know, just just right at Notre Dame. And it was just, like, for him, it was fine replace, you know, LSU. Notre Dame, which apparently it was taboo to say Notre Dame at his introductory press conference too. Like you couldn't say that it was the the fine institution up north and that that place in South Bend. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah stop. God, it's gonna be easy to hate LSU. I mean, and it's not like I liked him. Was that him who said that, or was that? It was, was the AD because I didn't watch the whole thing. The AD, I think, said that. Yeah, yeah. the AD like did not want to say Notre Dame, like for whatever the president. Reason. I guess they didn't want to like. They didn't want to like say like, oh, we, we hired Notre Dame's coach because then that's like that's like admitting like you had to go to Notre Dame to solve your problems, I guess. I don't I don't know why, but like whatever. whatever. Uh, there was a reporter in the audience who trolled uh, Kelly. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys caught on to that. I saw that. The guy from ABC <laughs> in South Bend. Yeah. Who started a question off with like congratulations on finding your fairy godmother that you talked about a week ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, that was kind of yes too. Like from according to Twitter, like they didn't provide a Zoom link for those outside of out of the area who were going to be there in person, probably because they didn't want more questions, you know, coming from the Notre Dame side of you know the Notre Dame side of things, and they probably expected like, well, who's going to fly their you know their their person down here and and pay for everything uh, on short notice? But good work. Good work by the guy from uh, from ABC in uh, in South Bend. Should we do the? I see we're doing. Yeah, we do. I was gonna say you want to you want to move on to questions at this point because yeah, we let's... have a. And we probably touched on some of these, so we'll just we'll uh, we'll we'll start firing uh, firing through them. Do you want to start with a lighthearted one? Sure. Okay, because the first one that popped up on my screen, um, in the Twitter thread here, is directed to you, Greg. Oh. Uh, and this is from Freeman is our HC uh, username at B Halicki 5859. Uh, Greg, what flavor of muscle milk did you have at your <laughs> celebration run? <laughs> so the people want to know what flavor of muscle milk you had after your celebration run. So, um, so for context, yesterday I worked out and then um, after I was, so I ran on the treadmill and then after I got off, I, I knew the OFD boys were on their pod. So I sent a DM, like, are you guys still potting? And they were, so I called in at the end. Um, but after every workout, I drink a little muscle milk, right? Okay. So it was, uh, it was vanilla mm-hmm. and, uh, it was delightful. Okay. Thank you, for, thank you for asking. I got you, man. The only time I think I've ever had muscle milk when I was like marathon training and I was mm-hmm. not a fan, not, not a big fan. Uh, anyway, um, the follow-up question to that though, the real question was guys on a scale of one to 10, how proud are you of the players for uniting together during all of this? And who do you hope we play? Um, if we do not make it to the college football playoffs, so if we do not go to the college, well, let's start with the first one, scale of one to 10, where are we at and how proud we are of the players for handling this? How do you not say 10? 
Yeah. 900. 900. Yeah. And what did I, last time I quoted Billy Bob from, from Varsity Blues, I'm going to say it again, a 10, an F and 10. That's where, that's where I'm at with, uh, with, uh, with, with the lads. But outside of that, who do you guys want to see us play in a bowl game if we're not in the college football playoff? I think it would be Michigan State. Ooh. Yeah, because that would be a that would be a route. Well, it's not. No, it's. I think that's who we would play because <laughs> because if if we're not in the playoff, presumably Cincinnati is, and if Cincinnati's in the playoff, then we're going to the Fiesta Bowl, and in the Fiesta Bowl, we would play an at-large team. I think from the Big Ten, and. Ohio State as the highest ranked non-playoff team from the Big Ten would go to the Rose Bowl. Um, Good, because so I don't want to play. I'll tell you who I don't want to play is Ohio State. I don't want to play Ohio State in a bowl game. Honestly, I'm at this point, I, I'd say bring it. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I, this, this go. team, I think you saw that Bayless uh, video the other day. This team is, is angry. Yeah. And I think this team is ready to rock. And so that's why, like, I'm – I'm with Greg. I say bring it. Let's let's bring on Georgia in the semifinals. Yeah, well, I would love that. That's that's if we go to. Are you channeling your Brian Kelly Southern accent there? It was actually a little bit better than PK's, but uh, actually that was uh, you just did. Uh, who did you just do right now? You just did some accent. <laughs> that was it's, it's in the accent. air right now. It's in the air. But, I'll but tell you uh, if if I had if I had to pick a game for um, a non uh, playoff game. And I, I understand what Greg was going just from a, a, just a contractual standpoint and, um, you know, what what the typical um, agreements are. Right. Yeah. So Michigan State and Fiesta is probably the most likely. But I honestly like I'd, I'd love to play a Clemson this year in a bowl game. I Ooh, think that'd be fun. Yeah, I'll take that. That would be fun. I don't know that it's possible. No, it's not because they had to. Um, I think they had to get into the ACC title game. For that to happen. You know what I think is possible that I saw that was kind of fun was uh, there's a way for Ole Miss to get into the Fiesta. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that would be kind of fun with Lane and everything. Okay. Well, you know what? I mean, if we're going hypotheticals and we're getting logistics out the window, you know who I want to play? I want to play freaking LSU. I want to play LSU, and I want to put 50 on them. That's what I want to do. So if and then that, what would the pregame speech be from Marcus Freeman, Frank? Ooh, I, I tweeted it out earlier. Well, I mean, BK would not be BK would not be. The, I mean, he's, I doubt he's going to coach the bowl game, but I tweeted it earlier. I, I want to. I want Notre Dame to play LSU at some point in the future, and I want, you know, I want Marcus Freeman yelling at that team and telling them to save Brian Kelly's ass for him and to channel his inner Lou Holtz. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure some of the people that commented and like that had no clue that that was a Lou Holtz quote and we're like yeah oh this is funny we're like why would he say that and I'm like do you guys not get the re-? all right anyway but yes I would love to that that would be that would be a perfect world scenario but LSU is terrible and they were six and six and they would not play in a bowl game with a team that was 11 and one but hey hey LSU's got the best talent and the best facilities and the best alignment in the world so hey what do what what do what do i know but uh, anyway we'll move on to the next question from Corey radio at Corey radio he says are you guys more 
uh, less or equally as pissed at Brian Kelly now that we know Freeman is his successor. And also, did BK develop a Southern accent in the last 48 hours of being in Louisiana? So I think we touched on the second portion of that uh, pretty well already. But where are we at? More, less, or equally as pissed off uh, at uh, at Brian Kelly now that we know his successor? I'm Good, e- yeah. I was gonna say I'm equally as pissed. Like I love where we're at. I'm glad that we got every the way that everything worked out. But like, no, done with. Like, mm, I'm equally as pissed off, and we'll never forgive Brian Kelly. He should never set foot on Notre Dame's campus ever again. And that's uh, that's how where I'm at. Go ahead, Jeff. No, I, uh, I I don't even think of it in those terms, to be honest with you, because I don't <laughs> care about Brian Kelly, and I'm all on board the Freeman train, and I'm just excited for what lies ahead for Notre Dame football. Oh, I'm on the Freeman train, too, but I hope Brian Kelly's on the tracks, uh, you know, and the Freeman train comes barreling down <laughs> in, uh, you know, in a year or two. I mean, how delicious would that be for uh, – for Notre Dame to sneak into the playoffs this year, and this oh. team is angry and and somehow beats Georgia and somehow beats well, not somehow. I think Georgia would be the semifinal this year for the number four seed is going to be the hardest game of the playoffs. And then once yeah. if you get past number one Georgia uh, and then play the winner of two three, that championship game is a game that any number four seed would want to play. Yeah. And how delicious would that be for Marcus Freeman in his fifth week of as a head coach or sixth week as head coach of Notre Dame to win a natty for the Irish, build a statue, and <laughs> Brian Kelly would never have a statue at Notre Dame for yeah. winning a national title. And, I mean, can you can you imagine if the football gods, like, that? that this is a Hollywood script right here. There is so much opportunity for for this to to just come through and be so delicious that it would be amazing. Oh, we're on uh, one. We are. Greg, we haven't let you answer yet of whether you're equally more or less pissed off at Brian Kelly. Um, at Brian Kelly, I guess. I mean, I I, I say equally. Yeah. Right, I mean, because look, I, I'm not gonna like. Look, he's. Until there's some sort of like acknowledgement of the betrayal that he gave to these boys, because it's like to me, like it's not anything to me personally, right? Like I don't care. Like it didn't mean anything, but the way that I thought he treated the kids, and the way that he he like, you didn't have to say those things to the LSU players, and I guarantee you, the LSU players probably didn't even appreciate it. No, um, I saw the look on their face. Well, but like some of the guys know, in that like, room won a national championship, right? If I was some of those players, I'd be like, I have a ring. You do not. <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't I, I, I just feel like they wouldn't appreciate just like don't take shots. Like you could tell he's taking shots. It's like don't use yeah. us to take shots at the 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 school you just left who just went eleven and one. Yeah. Like, were you acting like you came from freaking, you know, you came from, uh, you know, Wake Forest or something, right? Like, dude, you you freaking just went 11-1. Like, yeah, you Notre go, Dame's you, 2-0 over LSU. 
Exactly. Like we, you, you've beaten us twice, and you're talking about them like they've been holding you back. Like maybe you're the problem. So yeah. I, I, I just feel like you know, I, don't treat the kids like that. And until there's some sort of acknowledgement, I'm just gonna be like, dude, you know, I'm hey. out. I'm out, and and whatever you, whatever slander you take is, hey, them's Drake, the breaks. Yeah, Greg, get used to it. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> get used to it, right? That is that is who he is. By the way, like tangent here, how amazing has it been that like Notre Dame, five days ago, outside of Notre Dame fans, the most hated team in the country, that all of a sudden there is like this growing sentiment within the national media of like poor Notre Dame, poor Notre Dame got treated so badly by Brian Kelly. And all of a sudden there is like this, there, there are, I mean, there's still some who hate Notre Dame, obviously, but there are some who are like, God, I hate Notre Dame, but I'm pulling for him now because like Brian Kelly's an ass. And it's like, okay, it's, it's not going to last and it's going to end, you know, after the playoffs, it might end Saturday, you know, if we don't have the things happen that we need, to have happened to get into the playoffs but it is nice for a change to have some in the media being like oh yeah being like you know having you know lo- looking kindly uh you know looking kindly at us um because like i said it's not gonna last long but uh hey that is uh that that's that's been one fun uh little uh, little side note here moving through the rest of the questions because we have a few adam birch uh at andy birchy 13 says looking at the th- next three years what is your win totals for each year that will keep fans happy and believe Freeman is the guy? And then he also says, since I've been tweeting about my Christmas lights, also uh, would like a pick of the Christmas lights. Past couple of years, I've been ramping up mine more and would like to see what you got. Thanks. Love your pod. So we'll start with the the question on win totals. I guess I'm, I could see both of you guys. Uh, I could see the white light from your monitors popping up in your faces. So you're both looking at the c- schedules for the next couple of years uh, as we, you know, as we talk. But I mean, just kind of, I mean, we know next year's schedule is brutal. Uh, I saw, I mean, one tweet today was like next year, first time head coach Marcus Freeman is going to go up against Lincoln Riley Ryan Day and Dabo Sweeney, like in the same year. That's that's brutal. Maybe that's what Brian Kelly, you know, Brian Kelly wants to play the best. Maybe he was just running from the 2022 Notre Dame football schedule because it was because uh, it was so brutal. But I mean, what, what do you guys think? Like, what does what, what what does Freeman need to do to have fans like not freak out? You know, you know who's got a tough schedule. Who's that? Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, and Dabo Sweeney. Because they got Notre Dame on. Because they got uh, Marcus Freeman on the schedule. That they do, sir. That they do. <laughs> so, that's how I feel about it. There we go. But what 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 are your thoughts on what they would what 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 needs to happen over the next couple of years? Because like obviously, if Freeman goes seven and five, eight, you know, it's not gonna. After all these ten win seasons, it's not gonna not gonna fly. Um, so what what I mean, looking at next year's schedule. I mean, it seems like to me nine and three is the floor. Obviously, that's like you lose all your tough games if if you're nine and three. I mean, right? Yeah, like I, yeah, like I, I don't know. He needs to win. Like, I'm, yeah, like and, yeah. And the that, team that next year's team is going to be very talented too. Yeah, so yeah, the talent alone should be able to compete in in the three 
you know, the three hard ones, Ohio State, Clemson, and Southern yeah. Cal. Um, but then, you know, let you're you're you were one of the most sought after coaches last year for a reason. So and and you your entire goal, everybody knew that coming year coming in that you might have been a one and done defensive coordinator at Notre Dame because you were going to be moving on to a head coaching job. Here's your chance. Like, yeah. so it's it's you know it's all about his, his the preparation of the team and and you know we've got Ohio State, Clemson, USC. The, the USC is the final game of the year, and twice in the past decade we've gone into that game un, unbeaten for for a chance at an un, unbeaten season. So. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, like, if he's if he's not after winning five game or ten games, uh, five straight years, I think, like, if you're, if you're just asking straight up, like, you know, what is Freeman? Ha- Freeman's going to have to continue that for fans to not get restless. Uh, and it'll be, like I said, you need you need to win at least one of those tough games, uh, you know, to do that. Brian Kelly had a tough time doing that. If Marcus Freeman can do it we are going to be in a good spot. Yep. So, all right, next yeah. question. We got, okay. I uh, know. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we do have Ohio state in 23 as well. So we have Ohio state I, SC and Clemson in 23 and then 24, we switch out yeah. uh, Ohio state for A&M and we switch out Clemson for Florida state. Yeah. 2024 schedule looks, I mean, Three years out looks quite nice. Um, that looks yeah. like a that looks like a if if it's not twenty two or twenty three a run to the title. Um, again, assuming all things work. All right, next question. Elliot Pierce at Irish Cowboy thirteen says, "What assistant coaches should Will Freeman target?" Um, so I guess for you know the open or you know unofficially open positions, and just said you know he actually mentioned the Heartline rumors that that have, that have popped up. So, I mean, you need, we, Jeff, you mentioned it already, you need O-line, uh, wide receiver, and special teams coach at this point. Anybody come to mind? I mean, I, I think, to me, like, any, you go after guys like Hartline, and I got I got faith you're filling out the, ro- filling out the roster exactly how, or filling out the uh, the coaching staff exactly how you, how you should. I saw there's another question coming up. Let me see who it's from. Specifically about assistant coaches. Um, where was it? It was about Harry. He stands specifically for, uh, yes. Um, Naza green, uh, at, at, uh, on a ZPAC or ZPAC, uh, asked about Harry, uh, Harry Heaston is an option for a line coach. I don't think so. Uh, so just take that and, uh, kind of say it. Harry left cause he doesn't like recruiting. We talked about it on the pod before. I don't see him ever coming back to be a college head coach. I want to, I want to say something. Line coach. Yes. Go for people, it. People, people have brought up Chris Watt to me. I've heard that as well. And I know where that's coming from. Uh, and I gotta, yeah. and I gotta tell you, it is so funny to me because that whole crew, their whole shtick has been Notre Dame has to have like this elite offensive line coach proven, you know, all that stuff, right? Like we, like everyone is like, oh, Jeff Quinn is fine. You know, maybe he's a top 10, but we deserve like top three line coach. And, and their solution is Chris Watt, who this isn't a dig on him, right? I don't, you know, 
if they hire Chris Watt, then fine. Right. I'll root for the guy and whatever. It's not, you know, I don't know enough about it, but he's coached Tulane for one year and they went two and 10. This is first year as offensive line coach. And that's the guy that you want to give like Blake Fisher and Joe, and Joe Alt. It's just so funny to me. Like, yes. come on. Like they could obviously, like, honestly, I would rather have Jeff Quinn than that. Seriously. In all, like in all seriousness. Yeah. We've talked hey, so about Quinn. I don't mind Quinn. Like if Quinn comes back, I'd be like, cool. He's the guy that just recruited Joe Alt, Blake Fisher, Rocco Spindler in the same class. And has Notre Dame on the verge of signing, you know, potentially five, four-star offensive linemen this year. Like, cool. Right. I'm in. Right. So uh, I won't add any to the wide receivers. Heartline would be amazing, but uh, I haven't heard anybody um, uh, beyond that. And and so the, these next two names, I, I'm not going to think uh, fake that I came up with them. I actually heard them from an earlier podcast today. But it seems like uh, assistant offensive line – or uh, he's an assistant head coach or – Offensive line coach at Iowa State, Jeff Myers. Yeah. Apparently, uh, there's some interest in him. Um, and obviously, uh, Ohio State's done uh, pretty much – the last couple of years, they've been at the top of their program history uh, in terms of their performance. And and they, and they also have a pretty dang good running back as well, the, although Notre Dame shut him down. Uh, and then for special teams coach, Marty Biaghi, who was the former analyst at Notre Dame – uh, is has been the special teams coach at Purdue for the past uh, couple years, and mm-hmm. it seems that if he was offered the special teams coach at Notre Dame, he would come back in a heartbeat. So, okay, all right, hey, those are again. In. I think yeah, in. So um, yeah, I mean, to, and I think one thing that like you're gonna need on this staff at some position is you need like I don't want to say an old guy, but kinda because <laughs> you got. You got Freeman, 35, Tommy Reese, 29. I think Elston is still under 40, isn't he? He's not an older guy. I mean, Elston was a pretty young guy. Maybe he's over 40 at this point. But, like, he was a younger guy when he came to Notre Dame. Um, You you do need, like, some maybe, you know, some some experience at some of the positions. Old line coach is a really good one to potentially find that, too. Usually when you have a good old line coach, you know, they like to coach the O-line and they don't want to do – you know, they, they don't want to do much else. So that would be, that would be my only thing I would say is I think without specific names, I would like to see there be either some sort of, uh, you know, assistant uh, again with some experience or go the Alabama route and get a couple analysts, you know, who are looking to be reclamation projects where they're, you know, they got fired after a failed head coaching stint and they're just trying to catch on, you know, in a program, I would be down with that too. Because I think Freeman's going to need a little bit of help in that uh, in that regard. Dan Mullen on the offensive side. I mean, Dan Mullen would be nice. Um, so we'll, but uh, and hey, he coached at Notre Dame before. So all uh, all yeah, wheel on the defensive side. All wheel. <laughs> Woo! We can get a real accent up in there. Go Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right, here we go. We got a couple more questions, and it's getting close to midnight here on the East Coast, boys. So I'm gonna have to wrap this soon. Uh, we got Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan 77. How cool is the video going to be that Notre Dame tweets out announcing Marcus Freeman's hiring? Uh, second question: If you were Freeman, 
What are your major asks for in your contract, i.e. private jets for assistant coaches, more internal recruiting staffers, et cetera? Who yes. wants to – what's that? Did you yes. say yes? All of it? To all of it. Yep. All yeah. of it? Yes. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, I think the video, I, I really, really do hope. Like, I, I again, there, there's no way in hell Notre Dame did not see the LSU videos over the last couple of days, especially because LSU just ripped one off from fighting it's, Irish digital it's, media. It's just terrible. Just like straight ripped their video off and just like superimposed LSU nonsense on it, which is like, it's just, what are we doing? Or what are they doing? I should say. Um, so there, there's no way in hell Notre Dame did not see, uh, you know, the video of him being, you know, him coming in and they're just being, no reaction from those players. Like, hi, I'm Brian Kelly and I'm your new head coach. Like, what are you like? Was that take seven? Were the first six takes so shitty that you had to do like another take? Like it just like, felt fake. Um, and there was like no reaction, you know, from, you know, from, from the players. So I do, I, I, I would love it if like you had, I'm envisioning a scene in that football room where you have the entire team and you have Swarbrick in the front and is like, guys, uh, you know, we went through a search and we have your next head coach and Freeman just comes like busting through the doors and that room just like erupts and goes absolutely crazy because uh, that would just be phenomenal. That's my hope. I don't know if we'll get that, but that would be my hope is something like that happens. Um, in terms of the contract, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I don't know which which of those they would act, they they would and would not put into the actual contract, but um, I mean, I think when it comes to those those ancillary things in terms of especially recruiting, I think Freeman is going to be able to get what he wants because he seems to want to recruit and knows uh, and know what you need, uh, you know, to uh, you know to to succeed on the recruiting trail. Well, they presumably saved a bunch of money too. That's true. Uh, from what uh, what what Brian Kelly was supposed to not do, uh, paying BK, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, they're getting some money back because there's some level of buyout there that LSU had to pay. So there you go. Put all of that into in into the private jets, all the private jets in the uh, that that you can get. Um, we got Clutch Sports, Notre Dame at Clutch Sports ND. Pretending you're Coach Freeman, you know, who would your hire hires be for your coaching staff and what responsibilities you give them? I think we kind of covered off on that one. But thank you for the, you know, thank you for, uh, you know, thank you for the question. Uh, this one's fun. Um, this is Clancy, the Notre Dame leprechaun at UND underscore Clancy. I've seen the fans unite uh, the way that they did last. I've never seen the fans unite the way that they did last night. It was a fun night on Twitter. Give me your top three memes, gifts, tweets from the past three or four days. There's been some good ones. Um, do you, yeah, do I sent any- one to my dad. So the, there's one I sent to my dad of uh, Tommy Reese superimposed as the Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio's. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's Brendan. Brendan. That's yeah. a, at very priority. Yes. Okay, that's, that, that's our, that that's our one friend is Brendan. probably the best one that I've seen so far. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think you could probably do a top three that Brendan posted alone because uh, he's very good. I don't know how he, he's got to have some crazy software. Guys, I went to school for like multimedia shit. And I'm like, how do you do all these so quick? So yeah, anyway. He says it's really easy, but I think it's one of those things like once you learn how to do it, it's easy. But learning how to do it is tough, is, is, is tricky. 
Yeah. Um, so, so I'm those, always I'm always sending him ideas. I'm just like, hey, do this, and it, like it's he'll just do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so that one was good. I did really like. Um, I saw I saw former Notre Dame football player uh, Pete Mukwa. Uh, uh, that name, if that name doesn't ring a bell for some of you, he was defensive lineman, didn't really play, uh, didn't really play a whole lot, uh, like mid 2010s. Anyway, he tweeted out a picture of Brian Kelly doing the the LSU L by himself in the middle of the field, uh, next to a picture of Will Smith standing alone in the empty house at the on the last episode of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So to see a former Notre Dame football player take a dig at Brian Kelly like that, I really like that one. Uh, so that one was good. Um, well, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that were just really, really good. Um, there was the whole picture of Brian Kelly next to Marcus Freeman saying you versus the guy your wife told you not to worry about, uh, which was kind that of was funny. Good. Yeah, those, those, those were that good. Was Sal- Salerno sent that out. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, uh, he, he was the it, first one. That I didn't know. I saw Bridget had posted it and then deleted she it. She posted she like, it and deleted it because it was she saw Salerno's was first. She said, "Okay, I didn't know Salerno yeah. was the one that did it." I, th- I mean, it was her idea too. So yeah, uh, there's there, there, delicious content. There, there's w- one more good one where uh, Kelly is. There's a, t- a picture of Kelly in the in the top of the meme, and it says, "I like all my assistant coaches to come to bat, come with me to Baton Rouge." And in the bottom, it's the guys from what's that? Uh, uh, that show where they sell. Oh, yeah. Dude, this know, is also Brendan, uh, by the way. Also Brendan. Oh, it is. Also <laughs> Brendan. Yeah. yeah. Best I can do and is so Jeff Quinn. Jack. Yeah. Best I can do is Jeff Quinn. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, I Pawn saw stars or whatever the show is. Pawn stars. Yeah. I saw another one that was a picture of an empty plane that just said current uh, current picture inside the plane carrying Notre Dame football coaches to Baton Rouge. That was a good one. Um, you know who had a great one? Uh, it wasn't a meme, but it was a great post that I'm pretty sure everybody can put two and two together and figure out what she's talking about. That is Beth Elston, wife of hopefully new defensive coordinator, um, you know, Mike Elston. Again, that's the, those are the reports until we get it confirmed. But, um, you know, uh, Mike uh, Elston tweeted out the picture of him with the defensive lineman, uh, you know, saying Notre Dame is home. Twelve years and counting. Let's ride, fellas. And that was like the, his announcement of him coming back. And then she retweeted it, or quote tweeted it this morning. And the quote tweet says, this man loves his players and our lady and has more integrity, character, authenticity, and selflessness selflessness in his toe than most people have in their entire bodies with a green heart. Who do you guys think she meant by most people? Do I, I did not see this. You did not see this? Oh, she posted this I earlier today. It. Who do you think? I wonder who she's referring That's to. That's great. As most people. I, I mean, I could, wow. I could take a guess. I could take a guess of who she's, she's referring to, but that one was really good. Uh, I'm trying to think what, else? I mean, like I said, those, those, those are some of the good ones. Oh, you know what? I did see, oh, damn it, man. Brendan is on his game. I didn't realize this one was him either, but he took a picture of Jordan uh, from the, uh, was it the last dance? Um, and it was just Jack Swarbrick with his head over, over Michael Jordan's. And it just said, BK tried to take the whole staff. And I took that personally. Uh, so that was another good one. So uh, that was Brendan. And that was, I said, Brendan's on his game. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So that was one I sent to him. That was one I, uh, I sent him okay. to the DM and I was like, Hey, do the, do the Jordan meme. That's a good, that was a good one. Yeah. Teamwork. Teamwork. That's makes... right. Cause I can't do it. So he, can... it's fine though. He's, he's, uh, he's the, 
He's the meme lord, man. That's right. And it's his birthday, by the way. I mean, it's not going to be his birthday by the time he listens to this. Because I know he, based on his comments, I know he does listen to us. Um, So happy birthday to to, to Brendan today. Um, I'm just, I'm scrolling through like the ones that I liked from last night, but it was like a storm of liking things. So um, we'll go, those are the good ones uh, or or some of the ones that come to, um, again, top, uh, you know, top of mind. So um let's move on to some next questions because i gotta go to bed um we got that one shamrock sushi says we're excited about marcus but how might the fan base handle a sub 10 uh win season next year again we i think we already kind of covered that um i think next year given the schedule if it's nine and three you're not gonna have people freak out but uh less than that maybe we're not known to be rational fans um but uh we have another one about assistant coaches mentioning Heartline. Um, again, we kind of covered that, but that's from uh, Joe, comma, ESQ. So thank you, Joe. You ask questions uh, you know, pretty often, so we appreciate uh, appreciate the question. Uh, uh, another one, okay, touched on this, but JB, at uh, pronounced JB, said, I know there's a lot of youth um, at the top of the coaching staff. Do you feel it's necessary to add someone to the staff? With head coaching experience, yes, I cover. I think we, you know, we talked about that. Saying you know, there needs to be a little bit of experience on the staff to uh, to round things out. Ah, here's a good one. This is from Peter Smith. Um, hap from at hip uh, uh, pet tennis. Any chance some of the players come back for their senior year, or are most uh, projected to be day one den- or day two picks? Definitely skipping their senior year. So. I, I took this more as like, who, who are we thinking maybe comes back, doesn't come back, uh, you know, uh, now that Freeman is the is the coach versus maybe who wouldn't have come back. Kyrie. First one comes to mind is Foskey. Like, I think without Freeman back, Foskey's gone. Um, now with him back, I think Foskey, uh, I would be I think, more surprised if he left than if he came, or then, or sorry, yeah. I'd be more surprised, yeah, if he left uh, than if he came back. I think Foskey was already going to come back even if Kelly stayed. I just from what we were hearing, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I think I think the big one is Kylan. I think yeah. he, he, I think he is trending to coming back, and the free. I think he and he was also trending that way before the Kelly announcement as well. So I think the Freeman announcement um, just makes that even more likely. And maybe I'm just projecting my hope. <laughs> maybe a little. Um, I would say right now, the only one that I'm like absolutely would be shocked, floored, whatever on would be Kyle uh, coming back. There's <laughs> no reason to. Um, Kyle is not coming back. Exactly. I would be, I've never been more surprised in the history of working on this site than when Brian Kelly left uh, Notre Dame for LSU on Monday night. And I would be more surprised if Kyle Hamilton returned for a senior year than I was of Brian Kelly, uh, you know, leaving, leaving Notre Dame. Uh, but, uh, yeah, outside of that, I think Kyron is the next, like, he's like one B that I would, I would be very, very, very surprised if he comes back because running backs, we talked short shelf life, you know, they, it, once you, once you kind of reach your max, at college, like you just go to the NFL and, and collect your paychecks because uh, it's a short window. But man, if he came back, that would be nice. Outside of him, uh, I think th- those are like the only two. The question was like day one, day two picks. I don't know that anybody else is a day one, day two pick. 
Uh, I think Foskey I thought, probably thought, is. You think Foskey's day two? Day two is now second round. Yeah. I don't think he's a second round pick this year. Okay. I don't. I don't. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe. I mean, the NFL does put a premium on pass rushers, so maybe second. Maybe second. Definitely, he wouldn't be first. No. If he comes back, he's first. Potentially. He could be. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, I think everything else is probably going to determine like numbers, roster numbers, all of that. Um, I think you're going to see a good number of players come back with Freeman back because uh, they all seemingly love him. All right. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> here we have one uh, from the subtweeter at uh, Woj uh, DeGaud, uh on, on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I actually pronounced that right. I know I've seen his username many times. I just Woj the God. Well, okay, I did pronounce it correctly. Um, uh, no football-related questions, but what kind of beer will you be drinking tonight? I said I wasn't going to drink originally, but then I did. I had a delicious uh, – what's this? Is this a double IPA? No, this is just an IPA uh, from Kane Brewery in Jersey. Uh, I've mentioned them multiple times on the pod. My favorite brewery by far. Uh, so that was what I was drinking tonight. Jeff, I believe you you had a Sierra Nevada as uh, as we when we were when we were getting on. Greg probably had a vanilla muscle milk, uh, <laughs> and I don't know if it was mixed with anything, but um, that was what I was drinking. Well, more, uh, more specifically, a Sierra Nevada celebration for, for the celebration. occasion. So yeah, it is a celebration. The West Coast as well. <laughs> I still remember sharing a Sierra Nevada uh, variety pack uh, with you, Matt and Kyle at the Clemson game at Clemson in 2015. Um, that was a miserable tailgate. I mean, it was a fun tailgate, but it was miserable, man. It was so much rain. All right. Um, what do we got here? What am I, what am I missing? Uh, da, da, da. Here's a, uh, Naza green also asked, why is it taking so long to announce, uh, Freeman? Um, and then it says, how do you recruit, uh, in parentheses, Tommy without divulging who the head coach uh, will be? I mean, I think, I mean, it's pretty well known at this point, right? That Jenkins is just not, I mean, he's, he's like, he's literally at the Vatican, right? And that he's is with the Pope and that it's, we're not going to have the formal, you know, presser and, and things like that until he's back. I do think that we need an announcement prior to the college football playoff committee convening mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, I know, you know, everyone knows it's, uh, yeah, officially or whatever, unofficially official, you got to make it official, official by then, so that they can't use anything against uh, against Notre Dame. And an ideal world, I mean, at the very least, yeah, at the very least, set up on Saturday, make an announcement saying, on Tuesday at 9 a.m., we're going. Uh, Father Jenkins will be back in South Bend, and we're going to announce our new, or we're going to hold a press conference for our new so, head yeah. coach, Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Perfect world. That presser is before the College Football Playoff Committee, and Notre Dame uses it to state their case. In addition to yeah. introducing Marcus Freeman, Greg doesn't think they need to state their case. He doesn't like the criteria. I know from from messages with him uh, throughout the day, but I don't. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't. I, I think everyone knows he's the coach. I don't. Yes. No. I think you just have to do it. It's a formality. You got to announce it. Send out the press release. Otherwise, you, I don't. I just don't trust the committee. I could see Gary Barta. Being like, oh, we know there's reports they have a coach, but we don't know. It's like, you know, Um, especially Swarbrick knows them. But still, announce it before then uh, just to cover all bases. Just a reminder for Irish fans, uh, Tyrone Willingham is is on this committee. 
So that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. The last one I see here that we haven't covered is Cardinal Seven RL. Just says, "What's up with coaches Quinn and Polian?" We touched on uh, we touched on them a little bit already, but Quinn's Wikipedia page says LSU. Twitter says ND. I think it, at this point, anybody we haven't heard definitely coming back is probably likely to stick around for the bowl game and then pursue other opportunities afterwards. That's not inside information. That's just like news would have broken already. They would have well, been honestly, they like, 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 like Quinn and um, Dell. I think that they didn't get an announcement about anything because they weren't asked to leave. I don't think I don't think Kelly put them on the list of people mm. that he offered. So like, why would they? They're still under contract. That's an interesting point. So you think everybody that got announced, Brian Kelly tried to take? Yeah, that would be wild. That's what I he, think. I think he tried to take all of them. If he tried to take all of them, that would be wild. Yeah. So so like that's why it's like okay, Elston is staying, right? You would see he's going to ask Elston to come. I think he was going to take O'Leary. I think he was going to take Mickens because O'Leary and Mickens were kind of like tied to Freeman. The same thing with Elston. And, and he knows that, that uh, McNulty is tied to Reese. Um, to Reese. And I think he had already asked Alford to come and he said, yep. no. And so then he asked Taylor to come. Yep. And so then, but I don't think he asked um, Quinn or Dell. So there's nothing to say, right? They're, coaches under contract <laughs> they're not gonna quit <laughs> so and i don't I think Freeman, didn't ask quinn well but i i mean to me eventually. he probably wants to yeah. oh yeah eventually but it's like he probably i mean maybe he'll bring him in like some analyst role or whatever yeah so all right gentlemen we've been talking for an hour and 45 i didn't think we would have We'd go this long again. We didn't even touch on the championship games. Um, I guess maybe before we close, thoughts on the games this weekend. We know we need some help. We know we need, at minimum, we well, ideally, we need Georgia to beat Bama, and then we need one other thing to happen. So I guess maybe, maybe we'll do that because we're already, we've already talked for a while. Let's assume Georgia beats Bama. What do you think is the most likely second domino for us that 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 would that would happen? And of the of the you know obviously it's we either need Iowa over Michigan, Houston over Cincinnati, although I don't know about that as much, um, and Baylor over Oklahoma State. Of those three, did I miss one? No. Yeah. No, of those three, what is the most likely to go Notre Dame's way? All right. I'll I'll. I'll... I'll go first because I feel like this is kind of my wheelhouse. This yes. is what I love to follow. You know, I'm, I'm a huge. Oh, Greg's never seen your so. setup, by the way. You should show Greg your setup sometime. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we can text after the game and I'll send yeah. him a picture. Um, so I feel like the most likely is actually uh, Houston over Cincinnati. And the reason I say that Houston has won 11 straight football games. They lost the first one of the season. They're on a roll. Dana Horson, he's you know, coached in big games at West Virginia in the big 12. I I think, I think that is actually the most likely. If you asked me two weeks ago when Baylor's quarterback was still healthy, I would have said Baylor over Oklahoma state, but Baylor's quarterback went out injured last week and 
so he, his status is uncertain. I still think Baylor has a good shot to beat Oklahoma State because they've done nothing but improved. They've already played once this season. You already know, and you know that rematches are very difficult to win a second time, right? So, so I I, I still feel good about Baylor. I just feel like they'd be in better shape if they had their starting quarterback. And then I think the the least likely is probably Iowa over Michigan. Although Iowa's front on uh, on their defensive side is a lot better than Ohio State, so they could theoretically shut down um, that Michigan running game. Um, I am so I am so excited to sit down in the man cave and watch college football on Saturday because this is going it you know it was ex- going to be exciting uh, before Brian Kelly's announcement just to see if we had a chance to get in the playoffs. I think this team is on a mission. If they get if they were to you know quote unquote back into the playoffs this year. I want to see it so bad and uh, just to see if lightning strikes because who knows? And why not? Why not us this year? You know, but the, Jeff saying man cave is like underselling uh, how he, how, what do you not? Is it? No, it's not nine, eight screens. Uh, yes. Uh, no, seven screens right now. Seven Here, screens. I'll, I'll turn yes. the monitor. So, so Greg, Greg will be able to see this. You guys on the podcast won't because it's, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's that video, but yeah, I've seen this before because I've I've been in Jeff's <laughs> house. So that, that is how Jeff watches college football with seven screens uh, for every single game at the same time. Congratulations, uh, man! That's awesome. <laughs> um, so it, I I will say to, on that, Jeff. The one thing that I that I think of with Iowa, Michigan, is that whenever you have a team that yeah. beats you That's around years and years and years. And you finally beat them. It takes such an emotional toll that, like, the letdown effect is real. And that's my hope for that game. I mean, but that is just much more like not X's and O's. That's more like the the more of like the kind of the, the emotional side of it of me looking at that and saying it wouldn't surprise me if finally beating Ohio State just took so much out of Michigan that like it's going to be hard for them to like do it again. Um, now, granted, Iowa is not that great, you know, comparatively. So they might not need to be as good as they were. But like that's a, I think that's a possibility. I would have said exactly what Jeff said. So yeah. I, 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 I mean, so my question said, to you guys, he then, said it, he said it better than I would have. But I the order I would have agreed. So interesting is that, like, let's say it is. Houston beating Cincinnati. And. Georgia beating Alabama. Do you guys think we're in? Yes. Because you 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 ha- you look at it in week twelve or week uh, fourteen or fifteen, I, I, whatever yeah. we're in, right? And Notre Dame has got done nothing but get better throughout the season and eventually dominated at the end of the season. I feel like that might be a scenario where the playoff committee goes some nonsense on us and says, "No, head to head, you guys lost your coach." So, yes, all that momentum that you had, we don't know that you're going to continue. I, I, that is not me saying I think that's what should happen. That's sure. me saying I think that's what the committee will do. I think yeah. for Notre Dame, the best bet, at least, or the, the, the best scenario would be, uh, obviously, Baylor. Well, I, no, I should Two say the, three, best bet, the best bet would be Iowa and Georgia winning. Because I can't see any scenario where they're like, okay, we're going to put Iowa in over Notre Dame. And that way you take like 
could they put Baylor in over Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, they're, they're so they changed. They moved the goalposts every week. So I don't know. I think that would be the yeah. the the scenario in which they are forced to put Notre Dame in. So that's why I'm hoping for it. And F Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that. Well, I don't know. Like, why is why is that different than? Why is that different than Cincinnati and Georgia winning? The Cincinnati beat us. What? No, I mean, I'm sorry, Cincinnati and losing. Why is that but still? Then we then we'd have the losing. same record as Cincy, and Cincy would have had the head to head against us, and we have lost our head coach. I I, I just we're, we're cashing I in. No, I have a hard time cashing in our. We're cashing in our 1993 argument. I, I just, yeah, like, I, I just don't, like, I, I think Notre Dame has, I think they, I think they view Notre Dame, honestly, I think they view Notre Dame as better. It's just that they lost. Maybe I am just overly skeptical and thinking of them, like, trying to find a reason not to put Notre Dame in this year. I'm not saying I think this should I, 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 I think, think. I don't that think that's will... true. No, 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 no. I don't think, there's no evidence for that. There's no evidence for that. No, they've moved Notre Dame up consistently. Except the only reason. Then they jumped us. Well, but but they beat a better team though. And remember, they they had ranked Michigan ahead of Michigan State, even though yeah. Michigan State beat Michigan. Yeah, head-to-head. like yeah, Great like story. they've already they've already said. I, I they honestly, also had I, Oregon I, ahead of Ohio State for no reason, uh, not no reason, but for this, even though it was clear that Oregon was not very good, and they got lucky against Ohio State. So that's what they are. They've been wishy washy a lot. That's kind of my point. No, I, I I think that's I think that's fear mongering. I think that might be. I think that um, if Cincy loses Notre Dame, they'll Notre Dame will be above them wherever that is. Um, I th- and so I think so. Then I think Oklahoma go, moves into their spot. Oklahoma State if they win, and then I think if Bama like look here's the problem with Bama is is there's two things I think in play now. First, I think Bama. They on were on the brink as 20-point favorites a week before, so that's one. Not only were they on the brink, they didn't really look very good, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would have lost again. So you looked bad, and then you lost. And then, and then the other part of it is, like, since they came out and were like, yeah, we can hold this against Notre Dame for not having their coach, and now we will have a coach. And people were already unhappy about how they were going to use that criteria as if it's like, this is not fair. Like you can't do this to the players. And now you have the head coach. I, honestly, I think the sentiment has changed. I, I think hope. they look at it completely different. And I think, and I think they get in over Alabama and I think that would make everyone happy. Honestly, everyone would be happy about over that. two loss Alabama. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely should. I don't think there's any question for that. Right. That's what I mean. So, yeah, I, I, I think if, if Georgia wins and and anyone loses, I think Notre Dame is in. All right. I, I hope so. Yeah, I'm not I'm I'm probably a little cool on that scenario. I think I think Georgia loses and two of those other three teams lose. That's where Notre Dame is like guaranteed in. I think no, the Georgia one, I think a one other. Oh yeah, Georgia wins and and two of the three other teams. So oh, yeah, some, any two combination of Michigan. 
Yeah, any combination of Michigan, uh, uh, Oklahoma State, and uh, Cincinnati losing, I think it's going to be dicey if only one of those other three teams loses. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll be it'll a be dicey. Up. It'll be dicey, but I think it gets it done. I, yeah. I, I will say I will not be, like, super confident, but I think I would bet if someone said, what do you bet is going to happen, I would bet they got in. I mean, if we're six going in and two teams ahead of us lose – and they keep Notre Dame out. They were looking for a reason to keep Notre Dame out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were looking for one. They just yeah. didn't. They don't want Notre Dame in the game. So. <laughs> All right, boys. Almost. This is the longest podcast in the history of UHND.com. <laughs> officially, you're officially the longest podcast that we've had. So I think, I think we we are, we are wrap this up. I didn't even look. I didn't even look to see if there were reviews. I don't think there were. Give me one second. I will double check just to just to confirm because we we ask for them all the time. And sure enough, okay, we do. Um, okay, we have. I I don't even know what this person's username is. It's like twenty letters in a row that just don't form words. G S G S. Okay, thank you for the re- for the review. Uh, the title says, uh, "Love the podcast." Uh, it says, I think Freeman would be my number one pick to replace Kelly. But what do you think of David Shaw? <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, I think he'd have less obstacles in the way, uh, less obstacles in his way at Notre Dame than at Stanford. Plus, he's already shown he can have success at a high academic school. I'm just going to say, thank God we did not get to a scenario where we didn't have to worry about Marcus Freeman. Thank you for the review. Uh, giving us five stars. We always appreciate that. Because I don't want to, I you know, I said earlier I want to live in a world where uh, Marcus Freeman says save Brian Kelly's ass for me. I definitely don't want to. I, I I don't know that I want to live in a world where David Shaw is on the Notre Dame sideline coaching the Fighting Irish. So I'm glad that we. David Shaw is going to retire from Stanford. God, I oh God willing, because man, I enjoy him as their head coach now. Uh, he does not have that program in a very good spot. Anyway, gentlemen. Any parting shots before we before we wrap this one up? No. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you, Tommy, too. Tommy might have been yeah. the Tommy might have been the domino that started it all. So all right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, thank you all for listening, subscribing, sharing it. Uh, leaving us comments on Twitter. We had some fun comments on uh, you know on Twitter recently too. So we appreciate it all. We're going to keep doing these. I don't know, Greg. I know we talked about doing a ranking show. We'll got to figure out logistics of when and if that's still possible. But uh, be on the lookout for that when it uh, when it comes out. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>